I'm Alex. And I'm Matt, and welcome back to the show. Our guest this week is Alex Mullen. He's currently a medical student at the University of Mississippi, but also the current reigning world memory champion. He can memorize the order of a pack of cards in 17 seconds flat, and was inspired to start training to improve his memory after reading Joshua Foer's popular book, Moonwalking with Einstein. I really enjoyed this episode. Um, uh, Alex is, um, uh, as you just stated, a very kind of uh, accomplished person in the world of memory sports. Um, and uh, luckily for us, he's been thinking a bit about applications outside this kind of uh, somewhat niche world of memorizing cards um, and uh, kind of lists of random numbers and so on. Um, and we had a chance to to talk about the applications to uh, his world in kind of medical school, um, but also uh, language learning um, and a bunch of um, our other kind of uh, pet um, uh, loves on this show and things that we've talked about before. Yeah, exactly. I think I think uh, to listeners it'll be particularly interesting that you know there's probably a lot of assumptions that come along with being uh, a world memory champion, a lot of stereotyping, uh, positive and negative. And I think you know what I enjoyed was uh, he just walked us through in a very matter of fact way. Um, you know, yeah, this is this is how this works, and uh, gave us a bit of insight into how he puts it all together. Um, and then, yeah, like you just said, Alex, um, gives a shout out to, to a few things that you and I are, uh, dear fans of. And without further ado, here's the show. So to start it all off, you know, where, where does it start with, uh, with memory with you? You've said on, uh, in some of your previous interviews that you've read the, uh, Josh four book moonwalking with Einstein. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people read that, you know, myself, uh, included in this and admit it's a really cool book and it's very interesting. It kind of shows the potential for, for what the human brain can do. But then, uh, you know, we, we put it down and do nothing or, or very little with it. Um, right. what kind of sponsored, uh, or what kickstarted the, the, conversion you know into the like no this is this is really something i want to i want to do and i want to take it forward very seriously yeah i mean you know I, I think it definitely helped for me uh being a being a student um so you know like i, I kind of just like first got into reading the book because i was interested in applying the techniques for learning uh like in my school life and so you know just knowing that like i, I felt like i had a bad memory and you know i really wanted to improve it and you know, school was kind of the ideal place to do that, I think was enough to force me to keep practicing techniques. I mean, obviously, not, that's not the case for everyone. I mean, you know, I, I myself know plenty of people who have read the book, um, who just like you said, right, they, they, they read it, they kind of put it down, and then they sort of forget about it. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, just, I, you know, I don't really have a great answer. It's hard to say, but <laughs> for whatever reason, I, you know, I, I, I read the techniques, and I was hooked enough that, um, I think, okay, you know, I, I really want to try to apply these to my learning life because, you know, it's, I think they're, you know, in my mind, they're more directly applicable to learning. Um, you know, a lot of people try to, to market the techniques as, as a way to improve sort of your daily life. And I think that's, that's fine. I mean, there's certainly areas that you can use the techniques in, you know, to learn like, um, you know, languages and things like this um, that are more applicable to daily life. Um, but, but to be honest, there's, there's not a whole lot of benefit or, or for instance, learning names and faces, that's a better, <laughs> one, I guess. um, but you, you know, it's, it, in, in my mind, it's, it's not like, you know, going from knowing memory techniques to not is really going to just like kind of revamp your life completely. If you're, if you're not really trying to learn anything new, um, and, and obviously everybody is a, is a learner in some sense, but it's, it's especially applicable for those who are really trying to, you know, 
you know, develop a new skill or, or, or learn a new subject or something like this where, where the techniques are more applicable. And so for me, you know, that was enough to, to get me to really get me going and motivated with the techniques. So when you were starting, what were those things that you were learning out? Uh, because I mean, as far as I'm aware, you started before you started your kind of uh, medical studies that you're kind of busy with now. Um, and kind of how long? Yeah. How, how was your your progress from from you know when you put down that book? Um, uh, you know, did you did you work on this kind of systematically, or were you focusing just on things like cards, or you were trying to implement it into your studies? Right. Could you talk a bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. So it was. Um, so like I said, you know, I my my main interest. I mean, I'm I'm very interested in competitions, obviously, but. My, my main interest is really in applying the techniques to learning, but my, my journey to using memory techniques for learning is sort of a torturous one. Um, so I, like I said, I read the book, I started practicing. The, the first things I read were, uh, you know, the, the, this, this book by Dominic O'Brien, who is an eight-time world memory champion. Uh, and, and that was mostly about, you know, kind of um, basic stuff like numbers and cards and names and faces. Not, not a whole lot of really kind of... Uh, school relevant info and you know maybe because of that maybe just because i was interested in practicing numbers and cards i really just started to focus on the competition things and almost forgot about the whole learning thing at first <laughs> um so but but yeah i mean i just sort of got hooked and i wanted to keep you know getting faster and faster at numbers and cards and things like that um and uh yeah it just sort of kept going from there and then i finally you know after a little while i was like okay I kind of pulled my head out of the sand and was like, okay, I need to actually start using these for learning like I thought I was going to do. Um, and, and, and I tried and I sort of felt like it wasn't quite, you know, it wasn't being quite as effective as I wanted it to be. Um, you know, you know I, I, I ran into a lot of the same roadblocks that a lot of people run into, I think, which is like, you know, for instance, uh, like it feels like a long time to make all these palaces. It feels like it's taking me a long time to make images. You know, right, I'm not right, totally right. sure how... Um, you know, how effective it's actually being, um, you know, and, and there were just these things that I kind of felt like, you know, this is, this is not what quite what I had hoped. And, you know, the thing that was sort of frustrating is that there's, there's really not a whole lot out there in terms of, you know, good examples of people applying the techniques sort of, you know, for, for something like, um, you know, some sort of kind of complicated subject like biology or biochemistry yeah. um, or something like that, right? You know, there's plenty of things out there that are, that say like, um, okay, here's how to learn vocabulary or here's how to learn a pack of cards um, or, here, or, or a pack of cards or like a, you know, a shopping list. Um, right, right, right. Right. But there's, there's not really that, there's not really that much like good examples of people really kind of digging in and trying to learn complicated subjects. Um, and so because of that, I, you know, I, I feel like I really struggled, um, initially with those same kinds of types of questions. And it wasn't until I experimented a while and finally sort of started to figure out some solutions to those roadblocks that the techniques became really valuable for me. You, you just touched on, uh, you know, a question about uh, kind of your learning arc. I mean, how, how quickly did you improve? What, what's the timeline we're talking about here? Uh, you've said in kind of previous uh, discussions that, you know, starts off with a smaller time commitment of maybe like 15 or 30 minutes a day. Uh, you know, at what point did you start noticing uh, rapid uh, improvement, so to speak? Um, yeah, with what you were learning. Um, so... 
I guess for so for learning learning is one thing, and then competitions is sort of another thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. For competitions, I kind of you know I, I still am kind of on this basically giant um, exponential growth curve, or, or really it's more of like exponential decay in terms of like you know getting faster faster. <laughs> um, and but but you know in terms of learning, it, it really kind of it really took me a long time. Um, you know, I started in March of 2013 when I was a junior in college, so sort of finishing up the tail end of my junior year. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't really until, let's say like sort of towards the beginning of my senior year, end of my senior year that I started to try to apply the techniques and kind of failed, um, or at least wasn't really satisfied, uh, and, and sort of gave up on it and then kind of came back to it once med school started thinking, okay, you know, if, if ever there was a time to use memory techniques like this, this would be it. Like there's so much stuff to memorize for med school. Um, let me, let me try to get back into it after not using it for a little while for school at least, uh, and, and try to, you know, get it working. And, um, you know, so that's, you know, already, you know, over a year since I started learning the techniques. Um, and then it wasn't till really towards the, towards the end of the first semester, beginning of the second semester that I felt like I was, starting to hit my stride, so to speak. Um, you know, so that, that was about, it was nearing two years, you know, of, um, of just exposure to the techniques before I actually felt like I was using them effectively. Mm -hmm. And was there one thing, you know, one day where you said, Oh, like <laughs> I'm getting better at this memory thing. Was it, you know, like you finally got your deck of cards time down or was it a, like a class assignment or a competition? What, what was like the trigger there to say, Oh, I actually might know this stuff. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know of anything quite like that. Like, you know, in terms of competitions, it's always sort of been a, a pretty long continuous journey. Um, of, of getting better and better. And, and you know, there's really not one or two points where I felt like, okay, this is the, the game changer. Um, but, you know, that said, I mean, there's certainly like one of the exciting things about training for memory sports, for me at least, is, you know, these, these, these abilities to hit milestones. So like getting under two minutes for a pack of cards or one minute for a pack of cards, um, breaking like 300 digits in, in five minute numbers or, or things like this. You know, th those are kind of exciting things to, to uh, accomplish. Um, but in, but in terms of, you know, in terms of learning, I, I don't think it's, you know, I think, I, I don't know if it was, I can't remember a specific day. Um, but really the, the realization that I sort of had, which I think set me on the right path is that I, you know, the, what you really have to do if you want to make the techniques work is make them as make the whole process as simple as possible. Um, so, you know, trying to like, like all these things I was saying, right. Like trying to, you know, make memory palaces, uh, you know, struggling to convert information into images, like, you know, these things all kind of feel like they're taking you extra time that you wouldn't otherwise be taking if you were just learning things, uh, by rote essentially. Um, and so, you know, I, I was kind of saying to myself, like, what can I do to really just make the whole process as easy as I can? Um, and, you know, having that realization, I can't remember, like I said, if it was on a certain day or anything like that, but that, that was sort of a key, um, marker for me. Were there any kind of transferable skills as part of that learning? Like, um, did you find that your ability to um, your kind of visual memory or your ability to construct images or your kind of recall, did, did those kinds of things improve kind of cross-discipline or was it just improvement in one, um, uh, not necessarily right. meaning improvement in the others? Yeah, it's, um, 
You know, I, 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 I'm asked that question a lot. Um, and, and, and the truth is like, I, I don't, you know, I don't think, I wouldn't say that like my natural memory has improved at all. Um, just in the, you know, it's not like I, you know, tend to remember more where I left my car keys or anything like right, that right, these right. days. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, I think that I, I would say that I think my visualization skill has improved. Um, you know, maybe, maybe not even in the sense of like being able to visualize things more clearly, but just feeling more comfortable, like kind of easily dipping into visualizing something. Whereas before I would just, you know, maybe, maybe not have done that. So it's more um, a kind of confidence thing then. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so, so I do, you know, it, it's possible that I think my visualization skill has, has increased in, in terms of like, you know, I'm able to see things more clearly in my mind. It's obviously kind of hard to say after doing it for so long. It's such a gradual improvement anyway, if it, if it was one. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, yeah, sort of like I said, right. It's just being comfortable with, with, uh, with visualizing and, um, and, and yeah, I mean, just comfort, uh, you know, comfortable, confident, those kind of things I think help, uh, and are, and are transferable to some extent. Mm-hmm. You've referenced memory palaces a few times and, uh, you know, have some walkthrough videos uh, on your website. These are kind mm-hmm. of the standard, this is the, you know, the standard tool for, for people who, who want to take kind of their, their memory, uh, to the next level, you know, uh, for describing for people who aren't, uh, as familiar with this technique or don't know much about it, you know, what kind of images go through, you know, if, if we walk through your memory palace, like what, what do we see? Uh, what, what kind of images are going through your head as you kind of quickly fill, uh, your memory palace, let's say, uh, trying to memorize a, a deck of cards. Uh, right. So, so for a deck of cards, you know, I, I basically, I have this sort of large system that I use to convert the like card pairs. So every two pair of cards into every, every two cards rather into one image, um, so I have over a thousand images that are just, you know, they're random people, they're objects, um, you know, characters I've seen in TV shows, just like all sorts of stuff. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm, and I'm seeing those people and those objects interacting on each locus in the memory palace and just sort of moving quickly through. And uh, for cards, I, I sort of have an unusual system. I mean, I won't get into it too much, but, you know, there's... There's a there's a different number of of ob, or of objects or images on each locus. So sometimes maybe it's just like you know you move to the you move to your mailbox and it's just like a pot of tea kind of boiling there. Maybe at the next one you've got like um, uh, the Rock like wrestling with Barney Stinson who actually bump who accidentally bumps into like a large mustache. Um, you know, and the next <laughs> one is like um, let's see like a sumo wrestler just sort of like on top of a tree kind of breaking the whole tree, you know, it just like, it's, it, it kind of just depends. Um, and I think that's one of the advantages of the, of the system is it's, it's large enough to have a lot of variety. Um, so you can be creative with the, with the types of stories you create, um, for, you know, actually for learning examples though, it's actually pretty similar. Um, you know, I, I, I usually just try to, when I see something that I want to, Im- that I decide I want to ma- imagine as an image, uh, I, j- I just try to use the first thing it comes to my head and so that, that that's often like a character um you know just like just like i was saying like the rock or barney stinson those kind of things you know i'm always sort of using um the you know the the, the tv shows that i'm watching or, or movies that i've seen recently or anything like that to try to, to try to brainstorm images um and so it, it actually you know ends up looking pretty similar when i'm actually learning you know relevant material mm-hmm. 
you've referenced your your schooling and how maybe this wasn't as as helpful uh, at all, um, you know, or not as helpful as as maybe you were thinking for uh, life as a student. I mean, I'm wondering if you can talk through that a little bit more. You're a medical student now. Um, you know, what is has there been you know kind of upsides for what you have learned? that you've been able to to apply to, to other things um, or you know do you and do you use any of your uh, kind of um, those images or, or other things these techniques uh, in your day-to-day life as a as a med school student yeah I mean so so I, I guess I didn't really mention it before um, you know I, what, what I was sort of getting at was trying to you know make the whole process of using the techniques as simple as possible and so for me part of that was right. Um, you know, using, you know, instead of trying to make a bunch of palaces ahead of time to use, which, you know, felt like a chore and felt like, you know, a lot of extra time. Um, the way I, the way I do it now is I just, I, I basically maintain sort of a running list of potential palaces that I could use. So, you know, I, I sat down at one point and made a list of maybe like 150 or 200. So just things like, you know, my house, um, places I've worked, um, all sorts of schools that I've been to, you know, just areas around town, anything like that, um, and just came up with a big list. And then, and then usually what I do now is instead of trying to make the palaces ahead of time, I just, you know, when I want to learn something new, say it's a new chapter for pathology or whatever, I, I'll, I'll, you know, pull up that list and say, okay, I'm going to use this palace now for this chapter. Um, and then, you know, I, I just sort of choose the, the loci that I want to use as I go. Um, and so that helps me kind of it helps in a couple ways. It helps me because it, it makes it feel like it's less work because if you're just sort of choosing it at every step, you know, you can choose the loci relatively quickly and it sort of doesn't really feel like a lot of extra added time. Um, and you can also choose the loci to, you know, really uh, match the material that you're trying to learn. So that's that's a huge thing for me. Um, you know, if, if, if there's a kind of a small topic that you're learning, maybe I want to include all of that information inside a single room, inside a physical, you know, a certain physical um uh, region within the palace, uh, and that's helpful for you know kind of structuring the whole material. Um, and so you know that's that was kind of a big thing because before you know when you just try to use palaces more rigidly, you you lose a lot of the benefits. Like you know, I, I, like I said, I felt like I was you know not really taking full advantage of the techniques. And if you you know really use the spaces, the, the mental spaces that you're using to your advantage in terms of structuring it, uh, you know, and putting certain things into these rooms versus those rooms. Um, it can kind of help your overall picture of the topic. Um, you know, another another big thing for me was uh, realizing that review, even if you're still, even if you're using memory techniques, is still pretty essential. Um, you know, I, I, like a lot of people, I feel like, you know, memory techniques are sometimes billed as like, you know, hey, there's here's this amazing thing. Like you just you look at it once now right. and you'll never forget it. You'll never forget it. And, and that's wrong <laughs> Any, anyone who says that is is doesn't know what they're talking about um because it, it doesn't matter like you know most of the stuff that i'm learning these days if i make an image for it it's pretty much gone in like three or four days yeah um Interesting. And, and, and the nice thing is like you know if you review it again at that point it comes back pretty easily and then if you review it again a week later or two weeks later it, it gets easier and easier and then eventually it is kind of a, a long-term uh memory um and so, you know, just just kind of forcing myself to to realize and take stock of the fact that review is something you're going to have to do, memory techniques or not, um, was 
kind of a, a, a big step for me because, you know, before, I, I, like I said, I was feeling like it wasn't working because I would come back in two weeks and say, hey, there's, you know, I, I've forgotten all my images. Um, and yeah, of course that's going to happen. Um, so, you know, you, you just need to review it a little bit. Uh, and, and the nice thing is, you know, yeah, you can review also with, you know, just using rote memorization and that works fine too. Um, but I think, you know, the combination of review of spaced repetition, for instance, and uh, memory techniques together really kind of kicks it up to the next level. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, those, you know, those are sort of the things that, that I really try to actively apply as a, as a med student using the techniques. And I think those are the kind of main things that have made the difference for me. Um, in terms of being able to use them consistently and for a wide range of material, um, you know, in terms of my in terms of my daily life, those those techniques are still kind of at play. So, you know, the main things I use memory techniques these days for is competitions, which you know nobody cares about. Um, in terms of you know general interest, you know, uh, med school learning, which which is obviously a pretty big deal for me, um, and then also to learn like. Uh, you know, I try to spend a little bit of time each day, like learning Chinese and Spanish, and then also just some new English vocab. Um, and so, you know, those are all things that I use the techniques for and sort of make use of the same principles. So, you know, making palaces as I go, um, just trying to be creative with images, trying to, you know, there's certain, I guess, subtle things that I've picked up along the way, such as like, you know, try to minimize the number of images you're using at each locus, try to keep it to like two or three max that's generally a good idea. Try to keep the loci that you use relatively spread out. Don't try to cram too much into a given space, um, you know, and, and just, you know, things like that. But 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 it, but in general, you know, the way I apply the techniques is actually pretty consistent across the disciplines. Um, you know, you're using memory palaces for Spanish, you're using memory palaces for Chinese, you're using memory palaces for pathology or pharmacology or, or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, it's so yeah it's it's a pretty consistent thing and you know for for something like medicine i think another thing just i'm kind of going a little all over the place here but i think one other thing that's been pretty <laughs> important for me is is um not trying to memorize everything um so that that's kind of a common trap i think also that people run into which is you know if you really just try to con if you if you're really trying to put everything into a memory palace encoding everything um while that can be helpful, it's it's easy it's easier to fall into the trap of thinking, oh, I'm just going to shove everything into memory palace real quick, not really think about it critically, um, and then suddenly, you know, a little while a little while later, I'm wondering why I don't have a really good picture of the concept or an understanding of what's going on um, conceptually. Um, and so, you know, really, the way that I use the techniques, I think these days. Um, is you know it, I, I try to only encode those things which I think are going to be helpful um, down the line and which I think are you know potentially difficult to remember without the techniques. Um, and so you know I, I don't encode everything. I try to you know maintain a, a balance between you know these images which help cue me into to the to the ideas and the and the things that I need to remember. Um, and then also you know at the same time maintaining a, a trying to maintain just an intuitive picture of what's going on. Uh, conceptually, and then you know the combination of those two things um, helps me, you know, both understand and remember the details that I need to.
So hopefully that was a. Uh, <laughs> no, that was a great question. answer. Actually, you hit Alex and I are kind of like frantically rewriting our notes here because you just addressed almost the next ten things we were interested in talking about. <laughs> this is great. Um, to just parse that out into a few things, you know, you, yeah, yeah. you mentioned spaced repetition very briefly. Alex and I are huge devotees of this. Uh, I'm assuming you're an Anki advocate or user. Um, um, you most know, definitely, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I use Anki excellent. pretty much for everything. For everything exactly oh that's great um and uh yeah i mean it's just a phenomenal tool um you know it, it seems like people are finally starting to come around to to this concept of of spaced repetition there are a bunch of new books uh kind of in the last year that are talking about and then it's almost like they're referring to anki kind of uh uh, in disguise of, you know, spacing learning out and the power of this and all this. I mean, yeah, it's, okay. it's only 150 stuff... years late. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and that one book, you know, make it stick finally is saying, you know, if we just keep spacing out learning, you might remember everything forever. And of course, what they don't just say is just Anki is out there and everybody should be using it for whatever they want. Right. Uh, given that this, these kinds of things are not included in, you know, at least mine or Alex's, uh, you know, formal education, how did you come around to space repetition? And, you know, when did it, when did you realize this was a total game changer? Yeah, so that's that's a great question. Um, so th that was honestly, actually, I, I learned about, so you talk about one of these kind of like game-changing moments in my kind of uh, journey. It the, the time that I kind of found out about Anki and started using it was it kind of actually coincided with the time that um, that I that I really started to make memory techniques work, and I and I don't think and it and it, and it wasn't a coincidence, I guess, in that sense. Um, I think you know using Anki kind of finally finally made me realize you know hey I got to review this material um, even if it's in a memory palace uh, even if I'm using mnemonics um, and that was sort of a big kind of game changing moment for me. So I I had found out about Anki pretty early like when I was still in college. Um, but you know I guess you know at the time I was I was an engineering major um, and and also applied applied math as a double major. And uh, so, so I, I, you know, I actually used, I ended up using it to train the systems that I was developing for numbers and cards and things like that. But outside of those, I, I didn't really use it. And, um, but then finally, you know, I, what, I think what happened was I was <laughs> kind of doing this typical med student thing where you, you read around on the internet and go into rabbit holes of people talking about like, you know, step one study systems. techniques and things yeah. like that. Um, and, you know, I, and I came across this guy who has, who has this website called so there's there's a big you know the big kind of uh, med student test um, after the first two years, which sort of is a big uh, deal for getting residencies and stuff, is called the USMLE Step One Test. And so this guy has this website called USMLE.com, but it's it's U as in like Y O U. Um, and he he talked you know he had done really well on the test, and he talked a lot about using Anki, and you know he was a really huge proponent of using Anki to to remember things more long term and not you know, in sort of to combat this whole like cram, you know, cramming habits that we've all developed uh, as students. Exactly. And um, so I was like, okay, you know what, you know, I, I remember Anki from my college days, like, um, maybe I should go back and give this a shot. Because at the time, you know, I had been basically the entire first semester just writing, you know, doing the thing that I did in college, which was just writing hand notes. Um, and, you know, I felt like half the time, I basically just wasn't getting back to those notes and so they weren't really helping me my you know booted up Anki again started taking notes that way and um yeah it's it's really been a big game changer not not you know also in the sense of 
you know, the spaced repetition is definitely huge, but in it, but also, you know, the way it works sort of with the flashcard uh, setup and, you know, making things more of like a question and answer type thing, I think also just makes the learning process more active. Um, and, you know, when you have to like, actively recall things, right, obviously that's going to help your memory more so than just rereading stuff. Um, so, you know, those, you know, those things were pretty exciting to me at the time. And I, you know, haven't really looked back. Yeah, I mean, what you say kind of definitely resonates with with my own experience. When I first kind of um, was exposed to some of these memory techniques, um, I, I, I kind of got really excited and like, oh, I have to learn everything and kind of came up with these like lists of, you know, all of the things that I wanted to learn, names of countries, whatever, yeah. like all of the flowers <laughs> in the world. Um, and uh, but then, I mean, stuff like... Um, uh, like Anki and some kind of um, uh, general kind of calming down, I started to think, well, um, you know, it, it it teaches you to be somewhat deliberate about what you're what you're learning. Um, and um, I wondered if you've you've encountered this when you're kind of going through your your the the, the stuff that you're learning for your medical school. I mean, it's it's. As far as I understand, it's not just a question of you sitting there with a textbook and it just kind of flowing into your head. Like there's a certain amount of understanding that needs to go through first or kind of active um, digestion of the material before it then gets placed in kind of um, uh, little digested pellets like uh, along the way to remind you of that that actively learned phase. Or or are you really just kind of siphoning off the, the stuff straight raw? Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's sort of, um, uh, a process for me, I guess. I, I, I don't really, you know, the first time I look at the material, I basically don't try to use memory techniques at all. Um, right. I just try to, you know, look at it and try to understand it. Right. Um, and so, you know, the way, the way that I essentially do it in med school is that we, we basically learn everything through, uh, like video podcasts, um, not really, you know, there aren't really any textbooks that are used anymore, yeah. um, at least not commonly. And so, you know, what, what I will do is just watch, you know, watch the podcast, take notes using Anki, just trying to get the concepts down, trying to make cards that are, you know, as high yield and emphasize the conceptual understanding as possible. Um, and then from there, you know, maybe a couple of days later or, or the day of or whatever, I'll, I'll go back into that, that deck of cards um, that I made for that lecture, and then I'll just go through and add mnemonics in. So, I, you know, my cards I just added in basically like a mnemonic field, um, and so I'll just go back through and sort of write in those mnemonics that I've come up with, um, and then and then just keep reviewing it inside Anki uh, from that point out. Right. So that's that's basically the you know the process. Does, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, no, it's just. Um, uh... Yeah, you know, often people when they when they first encounter these kinds of techniques, they um, they uh, suggest that um, you know it, it's 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 the solution of their problems, and that they don't need to bother with the understanding part of the kind of of the studies. Whereas it seems what you're what you're saying is you do actually spend some time kind of figuring out what exactly does this information mean before you start kind of encoding it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you know if you can. The ideal situation in my mind, right, is that you you understand everything so well that you don't need to use memory techniques at all, right? Because basically, you know, basically the whole point of memory techniques is to sort of give some kind of 
artificial meaning to what you're learning because if you don't have that, then it's, it just sort of feels like random facts that don't really have any context. Um, and so, you know, ideally you just want to get that context, not necessarily from artificial images, but just from the, the concepts and the mechanisms underlying the material itself. Right. right. Uh, and then, you know, in my, my, my kind of look on it is that you just, you supplement that with memory techniques to kind of make more concrete the things that are not very intuitive. Um, and then hopefully, you know, you know, hopefully that's something that if you, if you make the images right and they stick, then, uh, you know, you can draw connections in the future that you didn't really, you know, touch, you didn't really, see, you know, maybe even see before. And then you kind of re- start to realize that there was context to the thing that you were learning before, but you just didn't really see right, it at the right, time. Right. And now it, it does make intuitive sense. Um, and so, you know, that's sort of how I look at it. Um, could you say something about your kind of application or use of, of memory palaces in your learning of um, languages? I've kind of heard you talk a little bit about um, uh, elsewhere, talk about your kind of use of memory palaces for vocabulary, but I'm interested. Um, I personally am kind of going through um, uh, Japanese kanji at the moment, and I'm using memory palaces along with mm-hmm. a kind of Heisig method, which maybe you've heard of um, his his kind of books and methodology. It's, it's basically a system of ordering the characters in a way that allows you to make pictures out of them. Um, so that rather than kind of memorizing them by shape pictographically, you're memorizing all of the characters that have something to do with water and you're kind of just building characters on characters. Um, and it's, it's perfectly okay. tailored towards, um, um, yeah, the use of kind of um, uh, the, the use of, of, of memory techniques and memory palaces. But uh, yeah, could you say something about, about your, your kind of experience with, sure, yeah. with Chinese? Yeah, I mean, so I, you know, I think that I, I'm not like a, a language learning expert by any means. Uh, just you know, in the sense that I only speak one language at this point. Um, so, so like I said, I'm trying to learn Spanish and Chinese. Um, but, uh, but I think you know, the memory palace technique is is pretty general. But you know, the nuances, you know, the ways that you apply it to each language can definitely differ. Um, and, I, and I do think there are certain ways that are more effective than others. And so, for instance, for Chinese, you know, for, for Spanish, for me, it's, it's, it's more of a um, straightforward approach. I just sort of, you know, I'll have this palace that I'm using and the next word that comes up that I want to learn that I realize I don't know, I'll just create, you know, an image for it in the next locus, an image for the, for the English, you know, translation and then the Spanish word. Uh, and then I just kind of link them together in that locus. And that's, basically it there's not a whole lot more thought process you know to it than that um right for chinese it's more of a systematic approach um so you know i was trying to do a similar thing to what i just said with spanish for chinese but the problem you know for me at least for chinese was that it was too um it's it's too strange uh it's too it's too different from english and so you know with the tones you mean generally um not just with the tones but just like you know, generally the idea of what you do is you sort of take an English word that sounds like right, the foreign right. word, right? And then that's your kind of image for for that foreign word. Um, but the problem with Chinese is you end up having things like, you know, chang, shang, chong, chung, chang. Like it, it's all right. <laughs> it, they all end up sort of sounding similar, and then suddenly you don't you don't have a real way to deal with all those nuances. Um, and, and so. And, you know, and the, and the tones kind of compound the problem on top of that. Um, 
so you know for me i ended up trying i, I ended up finding this this guy's method online um that that makes you know dealing with those things much more systematic and so the way i do it is i just have uh, a set so the nice thing in chinese is that since everything's one syllable basically there's a fixed number of ways you can start out a word and a fixed number of ways you can end end that syllable um it's so like for instance you can start out with like a, a ba sound or a, a tsa or a cha or you know you know etc cetera, etc cetera. um and you can end it with like an n or an ong or an ung or a on or something like this um and so the way the way it works is that i have a, a character like a person assigned to each of the starts the starting sounds and then a place assigned to each of the ending sounds um and so you know now like um for instance uh let's see let's see if i can think of an example um so uh chuang which means like bed um you know now becomes like chu which for me is chewbacca um and the ending is ang uh, and so so the, the ending ang is like a certain area it's actually like kind of the area right near my house right. um and i've broken it down into four subregions that each correspond to the different tones so since it's chuang which is a second tone i'll put chewbacca into the second tone region of this ang sort of larger palace um and then i'll just sort of pick a place where he's uh, essentially doing something with a bed. So maybe, you know, it, so for me, this, this place is sort of, it's inside this building. Um, and, you know, maybe I decide I want to use the auditorium of that building and there's a stage. And so maybe I'll just put a bed on top of the stage and, and I'll have Chewbacca sleeping on stage in that bed. Um, and that, you know, basically encapsulates all the information that I'd want to know. Uh, it, it gives you all, you know, the entire word and the tone, um, you know, unambiguously. So, you know, that's, that sounds like a very complicated process, uh, and it and it is, and so it's taken me a, a decent amount of practice to get fluent at that, at doing that. Um, and, you know, it's, it's funny because one thing that, you know, one thing that you know, doing competitions, I guess, has helped with in a sense is I don't know if I would have been willing to try a system like that before because it just seemed too kind of large and unwieldy. Um, right. But because I was already using like, you know, a thousand plus images system, I was like, okay, you know, maybe this is something that, that could work. I'm, I'd be comfortable with it if I just do it, give it some practice. And I think that's been the case for me. Um, so that's, you know, that's exactly how I do it for Chinese. I just, you know, take a beginning sound, the ending sound, um, make a character, choose the place, and then just sort of make an image based on that. Um, could you say something a bit a bit about kind of plateaus? Um, you've 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 spoken um, in the past about um, how you know, and you were talking earlier about you know these kind of benchmarks where you know the first time you memorize back of cards under five minutes, let's say, and then mm -hmm. you're getting down to two minutes. And uh, last time I checked, you're kind of on the sixteen or seventeen seconds. Um, uh, how? Uh, uh, is it is it kind of purely a confidence game and has that had kind of knock-on effects to uh, outside the kind of the world of your memory techniques where you're just you know you're like you know your 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 attitude towards things or your assumptions about what you can do limits what you can do could you, you say something about that yeah so I, I don't you know i don't think i have a lot of concrete examples but i think I think one thing that doing memory sports has has definitely taught me is that a lot of barriers, you know, both in memory sports and, else, and elsewhere, just in life, are are psychological. Um, so, you know, memory sports are kind of a huge uh, example of this thing, right? Where if 
you know, if you're memorizing a pack of cards in say a minute and 15 seconds and, you know, everybody around you, people that you're training with maybe are sort of doing a similar thing. And then suddenly one of you, you know, does a 50 second deck. Um, I, I bet that it won't be too long before pretty much everybody has crossed the minute mark. Um, right. And it's, it's just sort of the strange thing, right? Where you, it's, it's sort of like a, you know, similar to Roger Bannister breaking the four minute mile and suddenly next year, 30 people break it. Yeah. Um, right. It's, 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 it's exact same type of thing. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, in some sense it's definitely a confidence issue. Um, you know, for me, you know, getting, being able to break back toes has always been about like trying to identify the, uh, you know, the key, the key skill that needs to be improved, it's sort of holding you back. Um, and so, you know, for, for a lot of the time for me, you know, for cards, for instance, or numbers or really anything system based like that, um, the key skill has always been being able to go as quickly as possible from the information. So the card or the, or the number to an image. So if you can, if your recognition speed is really, really good, the kind of conversion, straight to the, image. the conversion over. Yeah. So, so that, you know, that for me getting really fast at that has sort of been the key thing. And, you know, that's something that I'll drill has sort of been the key thing to like getting, you know, a very fast time in, in cards, for instance. Um, and then, and then, yeah, like I said, you know, I, I can't really think of any like concrete examples, but I, I do think that, you know, just, just having an example like that in my own life of, of realizing that, you know, so many things are psychological, um, just sort of changes your perspective a little bit, I guess, in terms of, you know, realizing that most barriers are psychological basically. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so yeah, that, um, that's basically how I feel now. <laughs> Wondering if we can talk about, uh, you know, the applicability of some of these ideas for, uh, children, you know, and going through, um, you know, an education system, uh, elementary school and middle school, maybe even into high school. Um, you know, is, is, uh, this is kind of in the discourse again, it's in some of these same books, same books that are talking about like spaced repetition among other things, you know, have you found, is there one thing, you know, that just in your mind was like, Oh, I wish I'd known about this. Or is there one thing that essentially schools could be doing, um, that would just kind of pay uh, enormous dividends in terms of encouraging, uh, kids to, to start thinking about this stuff or is all of this really something that you need to wait or, uh, until college to kind of really start getting into. Uh, I'm sorry. I think your, your, your voice kind of cut out there a little bit for, uh, I apologize for some reason. Um, can, no, you, no, can you say that again? Hopefully absolutely. I'm sure it's on my end. <laughs> um, yeah, wondering if we can talk about kind of uh, the merits of of all of this for uh, education. Uh, you know, in terms of specifically maybe for right, right. for children, uh, people going through elementary and and middle school into high school. You know, these kinds of things are are back in the discourse, and I think people are trying to understand how some some of these ideas could be uh, kind of interspersed with a formal education. You know, it, just from how you see it. Uh, not thinking you have any particular expertise in this, but, you know, is there something that we could include mm -hmm. in all of this or is this really something that requires kind of a high school or college level uh, mindset to, to kind of attack? Yeah, I mean, so I think there are, there are obviously concrete things you could teach kids like, you know, the memory palace technique or spaced repetition or whatever. Um, I, I think a, uh, something that may be just as helpful is just sort of giving kids the, the knowledge that, you know, 
you can do different things that may seem unusual to try to improve your, you know, recall of a different of a concept, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like you know, all these th- all these things, you know, before I, you know, read Joshua Foer's book and stuff like that, I I didn't even really, you know, really understand how I felt about mnemonics. Um, you know, I had used like you know acronyms and things like that in the past, but nobody, you know, at, at no point in my education was somebody like you know, hey, mnemonics are a great thing. Like you should try to use acronyms or you should do this. Like I didn't even really understand if that was okay or if it was like cheating or if it, you know, if it was gonna, <laughs> you know, like basically, you know, something that kind of bothers me is just that, you know, this idea of learning how to learn is not something that's really taught in school at all. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, that's that seems like a pretty huge uh, oversight. So, you know, I, and I think just, like I said, just just giving kids like the, the the knowledge that you know you can do something like imagining you know a sumo or sumo wrestler breaking down a giant tree like that's if if that helps you recall the concept like go for it <laughs> you know um, it's you know it's just like kind of giving like I said giving kids the confidence that they can do that um, and the knowledge that there are certain ways that you can kind of co-op your brain's spatial and visual uh, memories. Uh, yeah, but, but then obviously, you know, I, I don't think, I think memory techniques or memory palaces and space repetition are something that are some things that could be taught, you know, earlier than say high school. I, you know, obviously, like you said, I, I don't have a whole lot of experience with that myself. So it's, it's hard to say. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think there are certain things that can be done also just in terms of pre-made mnemonics. Um, you know, there's, there's kind of this, I mean, it's maybe not very widely publicized debate, but like, you know, is it, should you focus on making your own images and things like this, or is it okay to just use kind of pre-made images that other people have made? Never. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, there, the one thing that I would say about that is that, you know, I think in general, obviously it is better to use your own images, but, but part of the problem with that is that most people, that's most people, you know, myself included, in some sense, are pretty lazy. You need a, you uh, need and, a kind of gateway just, or like a right, spark, some kind of gateway. Yeah, exactly. And and you try these things like this, and, and you run into roadblocks. Like I said, you know, making images are too long or whatever, and you just sort of give up, and that's that's the end of it. Um, and I think that's you know a main reason that memory techniques haven't really taken any kind of foothold in in public life. You know, it's just not really a you know you really need to you know obviously myself being a memory competitor sort of had, you know, I had extra motivation to really do everything I could to make the techniques work uh, instead of just kind of trying it, failing and then giving up. I was like, no, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Um, so, you know, I, I think in that sense, right, it, it is still pretty effective um, and definitely easier for the, for the learner to receive some sort of pre-made mnemonics. So for instance, in, in med school, there's, you know, these different kinds of services already that, you know, people offer one of them is Sketchy Micro, another is Picmonic, um, that basically use visual um, memory techniques, not quite memory palaces, but something relatively close to that. You're sort of looking at a 2D image um, of some sort of place, and you know, you're seeing these these images just like with memory palaces to represent different things. Um, it's just not quite as three dimensional, and um, and those are actually very popular already among med students. Um, so you know. I'm, I'm guessing, right, that lots of these people, you know, would not be people who would try memory techniques themselves uh, and really go through with it. They would probably give up. Um, and, you know, that's not, to, you know, that's not to criticize them. I think it's, you know, a fair 
issue. If you try something and it's difficult, you know, there's sure. really no sense yeah. to, to keep going in most cases. Um, but but like I said, you know, these and, and like you said, you know, having those kind of pre-made images and, and most people don't even realize what they're doing is using memory techniques or memory palaces. But, you know, it still works for them, even if the tech, even if the, the images are pre-made. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, those kinds of things, pre-made images is something else that could be potentially incorporated by teachers into some sort of curriculum. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I guess that uh, that kind of wraps it up. Um, you seem to have a kind of fair amount of self-discipline in terms of your your training um, uh, and ability to kind of to push through, particularly at the beginning when um, uh, you know you were essentially you know training in isolation um, and, and and perhaps had had kind of less um, less feedback or less sense of your the, the, your kind of uh, place mm-hmm. in in the kind of ongoing journey that you were going on um how how did you um get that self-discipline do you have a kind of background in kind of competitive sports or so, something like that yeah um so you know honestly i i don't know i wouldn't say that i'm like a super disciplined person um <laughs> i i you know now that you mentioned i think competitive sports is is probably a something that helps me. So I, I did do, you know, for most of my life, I was doing some kind of competitive sport, whether it was, um, swimming or tennis mainly. So I, I did yeah. those two sports in high school and, and as a younger kid. Um, and so, I, you know, I think that's one of the things that, that drew me to memory sports in particular. And that still kind of keeps me going is this, you know, it, it is a, it sounds kind of silly to call it like a mind sport, I guess, but it, you know, it is, it, you know, like it or not, it is a sport. Um, you know, you're still training, you're still trying to, you know, get better at something, you're still competing against other people. Um, and I think a lot of the, you know, attractiveness of general, you know, physical sports is kind of, uh, still there with memory sports. Um, and so I think, you know, you know, like I said, trying to get faster, you know, motivating yourself to, 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 you know, break some sort of milestone. Um, and just, you know, it all kind of feels like a, a challenge, like a mental challenge that you can, you know, work towards, uh, accomplishing. And I, I think, you know, that, that just, that idea I think was for some reason pretty strong for me. Maybe it was my background in, in sports. Um, and just, you know, just kind of a general competitive spirit, I guess is, is something that it's pretty motivating to me to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a, a question about your, your daily routines. You know, is there, is there one thing that you do every day with regards to, to memory? you know, maybe other than Anki, if you're using that daily, uh, that is kind of an indispensable part of, of your learning process or your, uh, you know, competition process. Um, sure. I mean, I, I, I don't know about indispensable necessarily, but I, you know, there are plenty of things that I try to do on a daily basis. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm not doing so great right now, but, you know, generally I try to get through all my Anki review cards for the day. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I do kind of every day I spend about it's just a couple of minutes, like two or three minutes sort of running through um, like a, a kind of constricted deck of Anki cards for memory sports. So like it, it's just, you know, you know, cards that come up quickly that are somebody's name or some sort of English word or something like this, where I just go through and just sort of see an image uh, and just kind of, you know, go through it rapid fire. Um, I, so I do that. And I think that, you know, that's part of my training routine, I guess, and that can be helpful. Um, you know, in terms of training memory sports, I, I just, I pretty much have a weekly schedule that I don't always stick to, but I try to, uh, and that just amounts to, you know, 
a couple of events on Monday, Tuesday, you know, one, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, usually, usually it's not much more than like 30 minutes or so. Um, and just depending on the day, I just try to get as much of that as I can done. And I, I really ever do more than my scheduled amount. Um, let's see what else, like, you know, I also do some, like I said, I, I try to do a little bit of Chinese and, um, Spanish each day. So, so Chinese, I still kind of, um, I, right now I, I Chinese and Spanish, I have a little bit that I've been doing through Anki, which is how I first started out. But now for Chinese, I, I'm actually kind of working with, um, like a tutor, like a, like a live tutor on Skype every week, which has definitely been really helpful. Cause you know, even with, even with a decent amount of vocab knowledge, my speaking is still quite atrocious. Um, and, uh, and then for Spanish, I, I'm also using Duolingo, uh, in combination with, you know, just trying to review old Anki cards. Right. Um, and then for, uh, for look, so I also mentioned English vocab and I, and so all those, these kind of three things, English vocab, Spanish, Chinese, I started out just basically downloading some sort of shared deck on Anki. Um, and I've pretty much gotten through all of those cards up to this point, uh, or, or just kind of eventually decided that I would rather, you know, say do Duolingo or, or whatever. Um, and so, you know, I, I try to do those Anki cards and then, uh, so then I use, like I said, Duolingo for Spanish. I'm working with this tutor for Chinese. Uh, and then for, for English, I'm kind of working my way through this memorized course right now. Um, and so those are, you know, those things plus, like I said, I'm sort of doing a lap again right now, but, you know, Anki cards for medicine and a little bit of Anki practice for memory sports. And then a little bit of, um, you know, regular memory sports training using cards or numbers or, or names or whatever. Um, those are sort of my daily, uh, daily things. Well, excellent. All, all very good. Um, so at the end of each show, we ask our guests uh, if they have uh, a few picks you know, or things they want to give uh, right. shout-outs to in particular. And I'm wondering if you uh, have a book uh, that you'd recommend reading or just that you very much enjoy. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm going to start off very lame and say uh, Moonwalking with Einstein. Um, <laughs> okay, it got you, you started. Know, it's great. To, to, to be honest, like, I, you know, I... I, uh, I obviously it's, you know, very memory specific, but I do think it is a really good book. I think a lot of people would enjoy reading it, even if they're not really interested in memory, um, per se, um, or, you know, improving their memory in their daily lives. Even, uh, I just think it's an interesting read. It's, just, it's interesting on or an interesting creative nonfiction read. Um, and so, you know, that's something that I definitely recommend. I would, I, I would even, you know, put it in one of my kind of top favorite books of all time list. Um, and so, yeah, so that's that's what I'm going to say for for that one. Uh, Matt, did you have a pick for this week? Yes, it's uh, the Little Book of Talent by uh, Dan Coyle. Uh, it's a great book. Uh, I may have even referenced it before on the show, um, and you know, for what we're discussing about on this show, seems seems very timely. Uh, must reread this thing every six months or so. Um, which it's just incredibly helpful in terms of looking at things in, in terms of just day by day improvement um, and small chunks and all of those things. Some people are very familiar with. <laughs> uh, Alex, did you have a chance to think of a uh, film? Um, yeah. So, uh, so this is sort of a, an, not an old movie, but a, a movie from last year um, called boyhood. Uh, so it's, you know, it's a pretty, it was a pretty, it was like, you know, one of the kind of Oscar nominated movies. Um, but you know, I say that because it was sort of a, 
for, for, for some reason or, or whatever, it, it, it really kind of affected me when I watched it. Um, it's, you know, if, if you've heard of it, maybe it's that it's a movie that was sort of filmed over 12 years and it, you know, follows this kid as he actually grows up in real life, um, along with, you know, his character growing up in the movie. Um, and <laughs> it was kind of a, it was a funny experience for me at the time because it was, it came out, I, I believe like right after my wife and I had started med school. Um, and it's, it's, it's a long movie, but it's one of those movies that really kind of is, um, affecting in a way and it makes you kind of feel like you know uh life is something you really have to you know enjoy you can't let it kind of pass by or you're just going to miss out on things um it just it, you know it, it was a movie where you kind of um it helps you kind of get perspective i guess and so <laughs> i think you know mistakenly we had decided to watch it like as we were coming up on uh a test and then we were <laughs> right after watching we were basically just like you know we don't need to study like life is going to be fine. <laughs> like we just need to enjoy ourselves. Um, and so, but, but yeah, so, I mean, you know, for, like I said, for one, for one reason or another, that movie kind of was a, I wouldn't say it was the most pleasurable movie to watch necessarily, just probably cause it's so long and cause it has a lot of sort of intense, dark stuff, but it was definitely an affecting movie, um, for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, co-host Alex, uh, what's your pick this week? Um, I didn't have anything uh, specific necessarily, um, just a kind of um, uh, request to listeners to um, hassle me about my kanji progress. Um, so these are the Japanese characters which I'm uh, learning um, uh, slowly, bit by bit, putting them all into um, uh, memory palaces uh, along the way. I'm uh, about to hit the 300 mark today um, and I should be done in uh, in a couple of months with the, the full 2200 um kind of recommended ones um so uh watch this space for a further report on that um <laughs> and in general um yeah i uh, kind of uh pulled uh, finally took the plunge um and uh disconnected uh, properly from um uh closed down my twitter account and various things um and took away the option for people to um email me um and I'm kind of subscribing to paper magazines uh, again. So um, here's a shout out to um, Destroying the Rainforest, I guess. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, more, more on all of that uh, later. And then, Alex, uh, back to you. Uh, wondering if you have a, a song or uh, music. Yeah, so I, I've sort of got a more general recommendation as well. I, it's So, you know basically since i started med school i i haven't really been the 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 bulk of my music listening is just going on spotify and just like booting up a playlist and just not even paying attention <laughs> to what the songs are um and so you know one one uh playlist that i've been using on spotify a lot is called brain food um so it was just sort of it was one of those um playlists that was kind of re- it was recommended if you if you go into like i guess browse and like look for different uh mood moods that you can you know, select so one of them being like studying or focus or something like that i can't remember what it was um but but it's sort of this it, it's mostly electronic music um you know intr- instrumental um and i i've always just liked you know kind of turning it on it kind of keeps me keeps me going keeps me not tired um and so so yeah that's so that's my recommendation for that is the brain food playlist on spotify <laughs> Great. Well, Alex, uh, that does it for the show. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, happy to be here. It was, it was fun talking. 
For our listeners, if you heard a reference to something, a book or a website or an article, the full show notes with links to everything we talked about in the show can be found at sourcesandmethods.com. If you enjoyed what you heard this week and in previous episodes, please consider writing a review of the show in iTunes or in Twitter or in real life. Thank you very much for listening. 